My name is John Hammack, and welcome to our podcast, The Data Drive, brought to you by Treasure Data. Back in the early days of my career, originally as a software quality engineer, we did things a bit differently regarding how we handled software version control. In the mid to late 1990s, at least where I was working, there seemed to be a scarce need for offline access to artifacts and metadata. Security and access control was almost always an afterthought, since everything was proprietary anyway, with perimeter security around the lot, and projects were relatively small, and activity happened within a single or within rarely more than two geographical locations. Distributed, remote, and open source projects were in the somewhat distant future, and our projects churned and bumped along a predictable, deterministic, yet clunky waterfall process. Fast forward to today, and you can imagine that the tools we use couldn't come even close to today's requirements. Among other things, a typical modern, distributed, open source, or partially open source project needs to support offline access to artifacts and metadata. Fault tolerance and reliability for the repository, which itself may be distributed across several nodes and locations. Extensive and network-heavy build and continuous integration processes. Incremental security and access controls. We need to be able to support version tracking of binaries. Version control that can store and serve binaries along with a variety of other code, artifact types, and file formats. Ability to search our repositories based on a variety of different criteria, compliance assurance, unified logging and analytics across the version control and continuous integration stack. That's the entire stack, and that's where Treasure Data and FluentD come in. Joining us to talk with us about today's version control needs is none other than Baruch Sadogorsky, developer advocate of JFrog. One will be talking largely from JFrog's perspective, including taking a wide sweep through Baruch's own experience. We believe that there are takeaways that can be applied to data engineering concerns generally, particularly when it comes to new and innovative ways to monitor our repositories, builds, and continuous integration processes. We'll also talk quite a bit about developer evangelism, or is it developer advocacy, because it's what both Baruch and I do. But first, a word from Treasure Data. If you're a business decision maker, a data analyst, or data scientist, you realize the value that analytics has in growing your business. Analytics helps you improve your product so you can actually focus on the customers, what they use the most, and what needs the most improvement. Analytic helps you improve your marketing so you can hone in on those people who are most likely to purchase your product as opposed to casting a wide net and hoping for just a few fish. Lastly, analytics helps you improve your operations so you can, for example, catch a service that's going down, mitigate a catastrophic event, or scale your offering or infrastructure at a reasonable rate, rather than based on over or underestimating. Treasure Data offers a cloud-based, open-source-based, community-supported data application platform to help you ease or even eliminate the cost and burden of building your own data analytics pipeline from scratch. Our open connector, a schema on read ecosystem, means we can integrate with nearly every data store and visualization tool out there with the schema headache eliminated. If you want to get started right away, and we hope you do, you can go to treasuredata.com to sign up for our 14-day trial. Could you actually tell me a little bit about yourself, like where you're coming from and how you got into this gig in the first place? 
Yeah, so John, thank you again for for having me. And uh, my name is Baruch. I'm a developer advocate with with JFrog. Um, I was born and raised in Russia, and and I uh, was living most of my life in Israel. I relocated to Silicon Valley a year ago, uh, and uh, yeah, now I'm here living in Cupertino. But I'm with uh, with JFrog officially for a four and a half years. But uh, we were working with the founders of, of JFrog for um, you know, about a dozen years now with, uh, in a previous company that was a Java consulting company in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, of course, it was the, be- the best Java consulting company in Israel because uh, we are all well there. Uh, and uh, one of the biggest challenges that we saw in, uh, in our daily work was actually concern constructing a solid, repeatable, reliable, and fast continuous integration pipelines. Uh, there was no such thing as, as DevOps back there or, or continuous delivery. It was just the CI, pretty early days. And uh, we struggled with the build tools. We struggled with the CI servers. We used horrible stuff like cruise control and and ant and and what's not. Yeah, it was it was it was all all big sea of pain. And uh, when tools involved, we were very happy, of course, and the very early adopters of Hudson. And uh, we stuck with uh, with KK when he did his his fork uh, to create James. Uh, um, Jenkins out of it, and we were very happy to see Maven because it made our, our life much easier. And and very very soon with Maven, we realized that there is a piece missing in working with tool like Maven that has a building dependency management, and and that's of course a, um, an in-house proxy or in-house repository, and that's how Artifactory born. Uh, and and of course after. Um, relatively a short period of time um, some of the um, executives of uh, alpha sys bigger back then realized that there is a very big potential in uh, in artifactory and uh, this is how jeffrog was created around this uh, this product we of course had very long uh, way since then now we have four products in the binary management um, uh, field and um, I think we were close to 150 people in JFrog. Most of uh, most of them still in Israel. The headquarters is here in Santa Clara, and we also have a very nice uh, office in uh, Toulouse, France. Uh, and this is what we do. We we are in the business of um, continuous integration, continuous delivery, DevOps, uh, and uh, we are the pipes through which the binaries flow all the way from development to a uh, to production cool that's that's really interesting so i like to hear you did you did kind of go a little bit into the technologies you're, you you've worked with you've worked with different ci systems um kind of explain where you where you came from on that how did you end up at jfrog and what made you kind of make the switch 
Well, yeah. So as I mentioned, we we work together. We work together with the founders and and the leadership of of Jeff Rogg in the previous gig. On a, on a certain point of time, I left Alpha SP because the, the the company weren't hitting the, the direction that I wanted to go. And after a certain time, I got called from my uh, CEO, from Shlomi Benheim, one of the founders of, of JFrog. And he was like, okay, now it's time for you to join JFrog. And I was like, okay, that's great. When do I start? And he's like, by the way, you started January 1st. And, and, and by the way, we have a new job for you. Like a new and and I was okay. See you on January first. He was nice. like, don't you "Want to know what it is?" And I like, "No, as long as I work with you guys, I don't care. If you need someone to bring beer to the office, that will be me." And he's like, <laughs> "Still, I want to share with you because uh, because I have I have a task for you here, and I actually need you to figure out the name of what you are going to do because we don't know. We know that we need this guy, but we don't know how it's called." And um, the best description that he gave me is that it will be um, a, a secretary of state of JFrog, like a foreign minister for JFrog. Oh, and, uh, yeah, and and um, I, I like find it. very precise description of what developer advocate is. Uh, we are the foreign ministers of our companies. We we communicate our message to the world. We listen to uh, the others what they have to say and bring this feedback back. That's that's exactly that's exactly what we do. And um, I was actually about to just keep the foreign minister as my title, um, you know, on my resume and business card and everything. But I guess it wouldn't uh, look good on the contract. So I I. I found a couple of other options. One of them was technology evangelist, which didn't work very well in the Israeli company with Jewish founders and everything. So a developer advocate was the, the other option. Uh, people were very surprised by the, you know, by the, the, the name advocate. Does it have something to do with, with advocacy as a, as a law? Um, um, uh, and and uh, yeah, it took me a while to actually... Uh, <laughs> convinced that that's the actual term for it, it actually um i mean developer evangelism in itself is kind of a it's kind of a new field and it's um not always widely understood i mean i i personally have been more more along the lines of describing myself as developer advocacy than than evangelism as such because i think um evangelism evokes like especially from people with certain religious uh upbringings or backgrounds it has a certain connotation about it that might might be you know some people might see that as whatever negative or proselytizing um which may or may not be true but um I, I agree with you. I agree with you uh, completely. Uh, and uh, evangelism as as brings a, a, a lot of unnecessary baggage to to the discussion, right? And 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 uh, it, it has nothing to do with beliefs. It has nothing to do with religion. That's probably not the best term to describe it. That's true. So what can you tell me about a, a little bit, tell me a little bit more about JFrog. I kind of know why you, why you made the switch, but what can you tell me, tell me a little bit more about what it's like working there and what kind of things you do? Well, so uh, for JFrog, the, the developer advocacy is, I guess, not different for a, any company that, that sells or that uh, have something to offer to developers. Um, we, um, 
always been uh, uh, we always sold uh, bottom up our uh, the customers and users and and advocates were always uh, developers uh, so the, the Usually, the, the, the our funnel is uh, we meet the developer, whatever the developer is, being it uh, conferences, meetups, uh, blog posts, uh, webinars, or or whatever. We introduce what we have, and and once this developer takes um, our to their team and and set up Artifactory, it probably will start with an open source version or maybe a, a free trial, and then people see it's good it solves the problems and 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 will issue some kind of purchasing request to their managers my point is that the developers our our customers our users are our main crowd and and that makes the developer advocate role is so central for companies like jeffrock because that's whom i interact with right when you say that you're um you're you're interacting more with developers, so is this in a, in like a supporting an API sense, or are you more interacting with DevOps people who are setting up like infrastructures of different kinds? So it's it's both. So um, our products are very very API rich because of their nature, because mm -hmm. they are intended for machines much more than they are intended for people. Uh, so working with those APIs, setting them up, enriching them, making them better is, is, is a part of what I do. And of course, the, the DevOps teams that need to take care of the infrastructure, both have to take care of the infrastructure of our products. And what we do uh, is the infrastructure for everybody else. I right? see. So, so it's kind of recursive. We, are the, we have an infrastructure of the infrastructure. I see. I see. Can you tell me a little bit more about the, the technologies that you're supporting? Now, I've read a bit about Artifactory and I've read a little bit about, um, you know, the bin tray, mission control and x-ray. Could you go into a little more detail? It sounds like um, Artifactory is kind of your main uh, product and it's, it's, a, it's a repository, um, not only for code, as I understand, but also for binaries. As well. Well, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's uh, pretty accurate. So we have two foundation pro products, and that's Jeffrog Artifactory and Jeffrog Bintray. And Artifactory is more um, uh, more famous because it's been around longer, and Bintray is kind of uh, relatively new. Uh, and both of them are uh, about managing binaries. So Artifactory is a repository, but it's a universal artifact repository. We don't uh, usually d deal with with source code inside Artifactory. It's all about binaries. So Artifactory take care takes care of the continuous integration and uh, and uh, delivery automation. So from the from the moment the binaries were con uh, the sources were converted to binaries in one way or another. If we're talking about Java and uh, and and uh, .NET or or native. That's the will be the process of, of the compilation. If we are talking about uh, Ruby or Python or JavaScript, it's just uh, running the test and maybe uh, jarring the artifacts or targeting the artifacts together. Once um, the sources have been converted 
to a to binaries from from that second all the continuous integration pipeline all the way to delivery or to deployment is done with binaries themselves and there are a bunch of tools that playing a role in that uh, starting from the ci server of course that creates the binaries and then runs some uh, uh, initial tests on that all the way through um, uh, QA tools like Selenium and Gatling and, and what's not. Uh, manual QA interacts with Artifactory as well and all the way to a deployment tools like Chef, Puppet, Ansible um, or, or, or whatever is used to deploy to production servers or all the way to bin tray to distribution. And um, as a as it sounds, Bintray is a distribution platform. So once, um, if your company uh, produces software which is downloadable as opposite to deployable, then you need a place to distribute your software from. It will usually be your company's download center, which will usually suck mm. because this is... Uh, because uh, th there is a, there is a very simple reason, Download Center is never a core competency of those uh, of those companies, right? right? So think about the company that does what I don't know, like drivers for drones. Okay, so mm -hmm. they are very good in in drones, in drivers, but probably not very good in distributing software. On the, so so their Download Center will be whatever it will be, and and Bintrahair gives an opportunity to to buy instead of build so we provide uh, we provide a distribution service that you can build your download center and, and use Bintray as a backend for it and then get um, very very fast downloads through CDN automation with entitlements and rest APIs that integrate with your systems as statistics logs and, and what's not, and integration with different packaging tools that will download packages from, from Bintray uh, and, and uh, this kind of stuff. And user agreements, uh, licenses, everything that a proper download center needs, we have it for you as a service instead of uh, fighting and, and trying to reinvent the world by yourself. Okay. And then you have a few other products as well. Like um, you can talk about uh, a little bit about mission control and x-ray. Right. And x-ray. Right. So, so uh, um, except of those two foundation tools, we have uh, two more of a supporting or satellite pro uh, projects or products. And uh, for example, JFrog mission control is, is a product that allows you to manage and monitor multiple artifactory instances. So a uh, build, Build big guys like Oracle and CA and and, and Netflix and Intel and, and who's not. They have much more than one artifactory instance in much more than one location. So they have multiple locations with with uh, uh, HA clusters of artifactory and managing those um, is not a, not a trivial task. So for example, you need to add a group of users to to all of them. So instead of going one by one can use mission control to provision changes to clusters of artifactory instances and of course monitoring health monitoring what's up what's down uh, how the builds run where are the artifacts in the process of their continuous integration pipeline and and all those being taken care in uh, in mission control mm -hmm. 
And Jeffrog X-Ray is our new and shiny edition. We just announced it uh, in our user conference Swamp Up in May, and it was actually released three days ago. The preview version of X-Ray was released on July 3rd. Um, and X-Ray is um, a universal a graph binary uh, analyzer. So I'm not even very uh, uh, polished on the on the words or on the concrete uh, phrase of how to describe X-ray because because it's so new and it's all uh, very very fresh for us and we try to understand what will be the best uh, the best way to tell the story of X-ray to the world. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to have another another take on it. Sure. Um, and, and the story of X-ray starts actually not in X-ray itself. Um, we are talking about uh, what we call the universal component graph. The universal component graph is a collection of binaries that you have, whether you use Jeffrey products or not, whether you save them on the disk or they are on S3, on FTP server, or you use one of our competitors. It doesn't really matter. You have this graph. You have binaries which relates to other binaries in different ways. You mm -hmm. might have dependencies between them, or one binary might be inside another. So think about Docker image that in one of the layers have Debian package, that in one of the layers can have a WAR file and a JAR file inside. And um, this relationship between artifacts, it's, it's something that you have. The mm -hmm. problem is that um, it's all very, very... Um, opaque and, and not transparent to you. So you don't really know what's going, um, what's going on there. You don't really know which artifacts are inside, uh, which artifacts and, and this kind of stuff. And that, uh, I would say, rather um, raises the level of stress, especially for the teams which are in charge of going to production very frequently because you throw the files on production servers without really understand what's going on inside. And, and establishing, establishing this information of what's going on is not exactly trivial and the x-ray does exactly that so once you have your your graph your universal component graph inside artifactory x-ray connects to artifactory and realizes this graph so once the once the files are deployed it knows how to crack them open how to see the dependence between them and actually builds the the realization of this graph for you to use and and that's the, that's in a sen, in a, in essence the engine behind X-ray, and then you can have uh, very interesting stuff from this uh, from this knowledge. So you can do uh, impact analysis, for example. You can say, I have a, a, a jar file of an interest. Give me all the list of all the Docker images that have this jar file inside in any level of depth inside uh, this docker image or, or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. and, and declaring what is of an interest is completely up to you. We actually comes with a database of uh, security vulnerabilities, of uh, licenses, of version information that you can uh, definitely use and say, if there is a vulnerability, this jar, of course, is of an interest. But also other information sources are pluggable to X-ray. So we work with 
partners like uh, white source like aqua like black duck to provide additional information about what makes a component interesting to be run impact analysis on top of it and it's also an open api so you can definitely implement stuff like i want to find a very um, i don't like any any components that start with the letter z and because I hate letter C, so find me all the components and let's get rid and get let's get right. And that's by using the R API. It's it's something very stupid but very easy to do. Um, uh, I'll actually get a little bit into that later because I wanted to talk to you about how how we would go about doing, for example, data analytics from a product like Artifactory, for example. Or, or any of the other uh, any of the other offerings like Bintray or uh, well, Mission Control is kind of like a Mission Control strikes me as being kind of like a control panel. It's like a way of centrally managing different artifactory instances. And I've actually worked with products like that. I don't know if you remember the data security company called F-Secure uh, in Finland, but I was with them for a long time. And we had this way of centrally managing antivirus and desktop encryption and VPNs and all of that. Slightly different thing, but um, my job was on this mission control piece. It was uh, called the F-Secure um, Man uh, policy manager uh, and it used like an SMTP uh, MIB this is back in the year 2000 so um, <laughs> you know in base and incremental policies to manage you know how it would how it control and, and override or how different overrides uh, instances would override the base policy and so forth but I want to I want to talk to you now about a little bit about what life was like before Artifactory was around and what unique problems did it solve? So, uh, Artifactory comes with, a, it appeared when a certain level of uh, other tools appeared. So, mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the world when there is no dependency management, uh, we had a certain problem of many uh, um, third-party libraries. Uh, we, we usually use a source control for that. If you remember, Probably it would be a subversion with a lib folder being committed to it, and then we checked out our source and check out the lib folder, and our build tools knew how to find um, uh, how to find the dependencies of this uh, J unit or log4j inside this lib folder that we used, and and it worked to to some extent, and of course uh, it wasn't that big of a deal, and when we needed a new dependency probably went to the internet, downloaded, committed it to subversion. And and what's what changed is um, from the technology point of view is of course the raise of the dependency managers, but it, it didn't start there. We don't, the technology doesn't involve just because time passes. It's all of course as usual was consumer driven and, and the consumers wanted what they always want. They wanted more features in less time, more frequent releases, they wanted everything now. Um, and that means that companies had to release faster. And one of the, um, one of the requirements to release faster uh, was actually um, the, uh, the, the continuous integration pipeline, right? right? That, 
fact that we are always integrated between ourselves, we are always ready to, to release. And uh, the continuous integration pipeline brought the, the, the CI server concept, which in turn had to do the exact same build that the developers did. And that, of course, puts pressure to have better build tools, uh, also in terms of managing third-party dependencies, and that's exactly where dependency managers start to appear, and that's exactly why when the depend those dependency managements had to have a proper, um, a proper in-house repository. So in-house repository was like the, the, the functionality why Artifactory appeared in the, on, the, on the first place. And then, of course, Continuing in the same th uh, trend of a, a being able to release faster, there are other requirements uh, that appeared, uh, for example, managing uh, a rather big amount of artifacts, not only third-party dependencies, but also all the snapshots that we constantly build and all the microservices components that we now have, all the Docker images and Docker layouts that we have. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a rather big amount of, of binaries. And um, even more important, having information about those binaries, because now when we have a huge amount of the of artifacts and binary files which correlate to one each other in some obscure way, knowing how they correlate is extremely important. So being able to trace the builds back to the sources that trigger them, not only simple build, I now build a jar file and, and I can put a commit inside a manifest file and I'm good, but a, a cascading builds. So, uh, you know, this Docker image was created out of a Docker file that was triggered because the base image changed and the base image changed because there was a, a new a Debian package that should be included in it. And this Debian package should be included because there is a new version of the file of the, of the jar file that now is a part of my build and being able to trace this Docker image all the way to the Java commit that, um, triggered the first Java build for four builds down the road is something that didn't exist before. And, and uh, uh, those new requirements of massive amount of artifacts and knowing the, the more the merrier about them and being able to trace their relationship, this is something that actually uh, created the need for a, a robust, a universal, a powerful artifact repository such as Artifactory. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I want to get uh, dig a little bit more into getting um, getting data and getting analytics out of all this. So if I were, first of all, I want to throw a scenario at you. And if I were a data scientist and I was going into um, I was going into a software development organization that was powered by Artifactory, and I wanted to start getting data out of um, out of the build process or out of the continuous integration process. Um, first of all, does this, does this scenario I'm talking about make sense to you? Well, I absolutely love and thank you very much for bringing it up because this is one of the visions that we have in JFrog. Uh, we are not there yet, but it's definitely one of the most fascinating scenarios, tools that we do here in JFrog can take you. And, and think for a second uh, when we are talking about big data and analyzing the state of a software company, where it all goes. So... 
let's take the 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 C what what it's called the C level executives in the company and mm-hmm. what information they have about what's going on in the company. So right. of course the, the the sales guys they have Salesforce that have massive um, big data analysis. Um, uh, capabilities and and the reports, so they know exactly which uh, deal uh, stands where in terms of sales. Uh, the marketing people's were people, whether they use Marketo or they use Pardot or they use any other of the uh, big marketing platforms, have exactly the same uh, the same picture. They know exactly where every lead stands in terms of conversion from an expression on the website all the way to 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 being the sales lead um, in, in their system, etc. Uh, etc. Et Finance, of course, they all covered. They know exactly what's going on. The only uh, the only C level executive that have to rely on the human generated reports is funny enough are the technical guys are the the cto and the cio and that's kind of uh, funny because this is what we do we do technology but still the only input that we as the technical guys have is uh, the tech uh, the you know the team lead promises us the release next week mm-hmm. all right and and uh, uh, the information that we have on the Jeffrey platform, just by looking at the movement of artifacts in those continuous integration and delivery platform uh, pipelines, can give precise, automatically gathered and unbiased information on the process of software delivery in the company. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly where we see mission control. And, and, and some time from now, because mission control can gather this information from all the artifactory instances in the company, from Bintray, and give a, a, a very mathematically precise image of the software delivery in the company, where each and every build, each and every project, each and every module of each and every product is in terms of the continuous integration and delivery pipeline, when it was delivered, why the previous build wasn't delivered, what was the failure, and how to fix it. Nice. Um, I'm wondering, so you're talking about building, uh, building this as a feature into um into uh mission control um what if i wanted to get um what if say i i was already in a team and i was already fixed on using certain tools so say i was uh, i was using i'm a data scientist and i'm using uh jupyter notebooks to you know um basically query data for example uh using say the the Spark Python library, you know, right out of a Spark instance or something. Do you guys imagine that kind of uh, that kind of level of, of integration as well, of being able to sort of put random tools? So say um, every time um, every time a certain thing happens in the continuous del- continuous integration or um, the build process or whatever, say it fires some uh, it fires some events to a Kafka topic, and then it, this comes back to um, being stored in a database, and then we can say, well, every time we get such and such a software dependency with this version, like these things break over here, you know, those kinds of insights. Is this, does this kind of make sense where I'm going? Um, yes, and, and I think these, um, those already exist. So mm-hmm. 
because because of the API driven nature of of the whole platform, I guess you can get this information from Artifactory, from Bintray, from X-Ray as of today. Um, okay. it, it includes both the APIs, which are of course uh, more of the pool driven, but also what we call user plugins or webhooks, um, which are of course push driven and can react to a certain events that, that which are going on. Builds going in and out of Artifactory, artifacts being promoted between different repositories in Artifactory, artifacts are being um, released to distribution through Bintray, uh, replication which run across different Artifactory instances, all that can be, um, uh, can be uh, integrated with whatever tools you want by using the REST APIs, the webhooks, and the user plugins. Mm -hmm. That's great. I wondered if you could share any um, any real-world use cases. And I guess where I'm coming from with this, and I'm sorry if um, this being like my second uh, interview for this series, I'm still kind of feeling my way around and figuring out what questions to ask. Um, my audience is actually um, a lot of other data engineers. So people who are used to integrating like Kafka with Elasticsearch, um, obviously treasure data, is, they're, they're the ones I work for, but um, we integrate with um, any number of data inputs and any number of, of sort of data destinations, if you will. So um, I've got people using Kafka, I've got people using, um, you know, integrating with Kinesis, um, different Amazon services and stuff. And so I'm really, really interested to see how these products, uh, the JFrog products, um, integrate with, uh, with tools on the outside. And if you have especially open source tools, and if you have any examples of real world use cases that you would be willing to share. Uh, yeah, so interestingly enough, we see we see that the big guys, the big guys do that, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, most of them realize the the potential of the information they have uh, in uh, in the Jeffro platform, in Artifactory, in Bintray, and um, they use those APIs that that we provide not only for managing artifacts but also for for getting information about them. And I think this one pub, our user conference from a month ago, we had a great talk uh, from one of the team leads in uh, Cisco that manage Artifactory. And they, they did some amazing stuff uh, where it comes to uh, where, where it comes to automating uh, this gathering of, of information from uh, uh, from Artifactory, and uh, they build a, a very impressive dashboards of their own uh, to visualize this information and and artifacts uh, in Artifactory. Nice. Um... I'm looking around right now because one of the other things that we do at Treasure Data is we support the uh, logging framework called FluentD. And maybe you've seen some talks I've given or some other people have given on it. I'm just looking to see if there's actually a FluentD logger for Artifactory or for, um, for any uh, FluentD logger, maybe Bintray as well. I might be looking in the wrong place. Um, are you familiar with FluentD, by the way? Uh, no, I am not. Okay, so Fluent D, if you go to fluent, F-L-U-E-N-T, D.org. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Uh, yeah, so this is, 
this is kind of the big thing where treasure data like started is we started uh, by developing this, this little open source tool and it's basically a way to unify logging. Um, and of course the main point being is that by building a common interface between data sources, a variety of data sources with a variety of, of backend systems that you can, you can get rid of some of the point to point integration nastiness that, uh, and anti-patterns that go on, well, not only in, um, you know, data analytics pipelines, if you will, but also I think in other, in other places where data needs to be passed around. And I'm just wondering, um, kind of feeling around, it seems to me like if you, were an, if you were an open source hacker, there would be a way you could, you would kind of jump onto like Artifactory and either using the APIs or, and I got to confess, I, I, I want to learn more about how your, your, your APIs and your third-party libraries are um, in the JFrog ecosystem as well. I'm just wondering if there's a way we can kind of hook this up to something and see it do oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I see no reason why we wouldn't have a FluentD plugin for Artifactory. We definitely should have one, and uh, I'm sure it's reasonably easy to write one. So, so, yes, and if people can find it useful and take Artifactory logs and pour it into whatever uh, log integration they use, we will be more than, more than happy about that. Wonderful. Well, um, do you have anything else at this point that you'd like to add or talk about um, that you're doing in terms of data integrations or in terms of um, use cases that you can share um, where people are integrating uh, with your tools and other open source uh, tools on the outside? Yeah, so from, from what I know uh, and from what I hear and from what I help people work with, um, we're, we're pretty easy to, to integrate with. and. Uh, we maintain, of course, a, a reasonable number of integrations our own. And you can see, for example, on our website, we have about, if I'm not an error, 15 different dependency managers that we integrate, um, dozens of, uh, dozen of build tools, CI servers, um, as I mentioned, uh, provisioning tools and, and what's not. And uh, others are contributed by the community and maintained by the community. So uh, maybe... Uh, some of the stacks that we are uh, that we see less of an interest we have a, a Perl build a Perl repository integration developed by by third party guys and uh, the same with uh, chef cookbooks and uh, a puppet uh, re, uh, sh uh, yeah chef cookbooks and puppet how do they call it modules right right and, and, uh, and uh, a lot of others uh, and and they all from 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 what we see are are reasonably pleased with the with the, how how easy it was to integrate with so if whoever have something interesting in mind in terms of integrating with artifactory a rest api and the user plugins are fairly documented and of course we are we are here to, we are here to help you can speak with us directly uh, Jfrog on Twitter, Jay Baruch, myself on Twitter, of course, uh, support jfrog.com as an email, and of course, the, the one and only Stack Overflow. We are there watching the tags, the appropriate tags for Jfrog, and uh, try to answer as, uh, as fast and as fully as possible. Very nice. Well, 
Thank you so much, uh, Baruch. Thanks so much for your time today. Everyone, I'm with, uh, here with, today with uh, Baruch Sadogorsky from JFrog. I am John Hammack. I'm a developer evangelist for Treasure Data. And you can read more about this and our other integration podcasts on blog.treasuredata.com. Again, thank you very much, Baruch. John, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I hope uh, if any of the listeners have any different, uh, additional questions to get in touch on Twitter. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much.